In this episode, family, friends and partners separated by border closures, tips for keeping the spark alive and the return of a relic from the 20th century. Welcome to the World Nomads podcast. We'll be keeping you up to date with travel alerts, information about coronavirus and sharing some uplifting news and views to inspire you and keep you smiling. Hi, it's Kim and Phil with you, continuing to engage with the travel community by reflecting the way you are experiencing the virus. We kick it off with headlines. Phil, that's your job. Okay, the relic from the 20th century you mentioned is, no, not me, it's the driving. <laughs> I used to love the driving when I was a kid. We used to, Same. We had the money to get in because it was cheap anyway, but we used to love hiding in the trunk of the car and just getting in for free just for the thrill of it. <laughs> we had to do that because we didn't have the money to get in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. That tells a lot, doesn't it? Yeah. But they're making a comeback because it's the perfect isolation activity. In the heyday, there were something like 4,000 drive-ins in the US alone. But with cinemas now closed, studios are looking at different ways of distributing their content alongside digital platforms like Netflix. Hence the return of the good old drive-in. Eurostar passengers are now required to wear face masks. And if you find they fuck up your glasses, we found an article on how to stop that happening. So no excuses for not taking note of the restriction. Lufthansa has also asked passengers to wear masks and Air Mauritius is the latest to enter voluntary administration. Airlines are in deep doo-doo. Ooh, aren't they? Well, look, still on news, if I can interrupt, Horizon Unknown has released an article featuring 21 stories of travellers being stuck overseas as the borders closed um, around them, obviously, when the pandemic hit. And we will share that in show notes. But... Uh, look, we've been doing the same, um, hence why we've shelved our destination podcast to focus on hearing from travellers and those in the travel industry affected by the virus, as there are so many stories to share. In this episode, it's dedicated to all of those in lockdown away from family and loved ones, as we recognise the challenges you face. So, you know, we're all in this together. Yep. Let's start with Sarah Bence, an American travel writer in a long-distance relationship. Now, we last spoke to Sarah in our destination episode featuring France, Phil, where Sarah volunteered for a refugee women's centre in northern France. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So what has she been up to since? Yeah, so I am um, living back in Michigan, um, which is where I'm originally from. Previously, I would have said I was a freelance travel writer, but obviously a lot of that kind of work has dried up. So I'm exploring into other realms and other subjects and just kind of trying to go with the flow the way I think a lot of people are right now. I'm also a licensed occupational therapist. And one of the main reasons that I moved from England, where I was living previously, back to Michigan is so that I could um, transfer my license and become a licensed occupational therapist in the United States. And I did that. It took a couple of years, but I did it. And I just started a job in a pediatric therapy clinic kind of right before this all happened. Um, and I got laid off from that job, unfortunately, back in March due to the pandemic and had to you know, jump straight back into what I was doing before, which is freelance writing. So I feel lucky that I had um, that to kind of fall back on. But yeah, it's definitely been... A wild time right now. But yeah, I, I guess the side effect that I was emailing you about of, you know, 
moving back to the United States is that now I'm in an international long distance relationship. I like the international long distance relationship. <laughs> I always like to preface with it with that because I think that it really, you know, it's different. You know, it's not like we live an hour away from each other and we see each other on the weekends because when I lived in England, that's how it was. Um, but yeah, this is, you know, it's really different. There's an ocean between us. It's an international long distance relationship. But we have kind of gotten used to it over the years and we've built up a toolkit of you know things that work for us and different ways to do virtual dates and things like that so this is not just because of COVID this just adds another layer to that yeah you know definitely a complicated layer but um we met when we were really young we were only 20 when we met and so you know we have career goals if you wanted to uh finish his qualification to become a chartered accountant so we kind of made the decision together that um we were both going to pursue those things individually and you know i think part of the thing is when you get in a relationship when you're so young you can't if you kind of put your career goals and your individual goals to the side for another person you might end up resenting them in the future it's hard enough at the very beginning but then if you add in the complications of the virus and not having any idea when you're going to be allowed into each other's countries again like that's stressful for us and we're kind of experts at this i can't imagine how difficult it is for people who you know weren't planning on being in a long distance relationship but yeah i mean i don't think there's any way to get around the fact that it is definitely tough but especially right now with everything that's going on with the pandemic is that so many people you know whether it's with your partner or a friend or coworkers. You're just separated from everybody. Uh, you're learning how to Zoom with people and um, get comfortable calling people on the phone all the time to, you know, keep those relationships going and to get your social fix. You could be writing uh, articles on how cu- couples can keep the spark alive. Yeah, I, you know what? I'm actually kind of in the middle of that right now. So I've got, in addition to freelance writing, I'm also a travel blogger and. For a really long time, I didn't want to write about my relationship. I just wanted to keep personal things off of the blog. But I wrote an article about how to make a long-distance, international long-distance relationship work. And I think all travel bloggers can probably relate right now that we're, you know, trying not to look at Google Analytics and trying to, you know, blissfully be ignorant of how much our page views and everything have been dropping. But I did look at my analytics a couple weeks ago and my views have dropped about 80%, but the post that is just blowing up right now that everybody's reading is this one about international long distance relationships, which is kind of like, for me, I was like, oh yeah, like basically everybody's in a long distance relationship with everybody in their life that they don't live with right now. So I've actually been working on another article. Um, I'm hoping to publish it in the next few days about um, different kind of dates that you can do. So I think I've got like almost 30 dates in the article and I'm crowdsourcing. I'm obviously asking Dan, my boyfriend, and uh, some other friends who've been in these kind of international long distance relationships for a while now. Um, it'll be useful for people. It'll be that kind of practical resource that people need right now. So from international long distance relationship to international long distance parenting. Ollie, my son, welcome to the World Nomads Travel Podcast. Well, it's it's about time you had me on, to be honest. I appreciate it. (laughs) So you're in London. You're a long way from home. 
What happened when you heard that this virus was a pandemic and borders were closing and you had choices to make? Take us through it. You certainly don't think that this is going to happen, but it was up there with one of my biggest fears in terms of making me want to come home because I'm always feeling to a degree a little bit homesick, but it's when you've got something so scary happening that you you really realise how much you need your friends and your family back home. So that was always a big fear of mine. Um, when the decision was sort of made to essentially go, right, you know, here are your options, that, that became very real. I had a mate coming over from Adelaide. Um, he was staying with me and he had to cut his trip short uh, to make sure that he got back in time for the borders. I had mates uh, that I had met over here from Australia that had cancelled their lease and packed everything up and moved back. Um, I, I didn't ever feel like I was in that position, but it was a it was an overwhelming feeling of you know here's you know London's technically my home at the moment. It, it was a, a pretty tough decision. I suppose the scariest bit was just knowing that for the next who knows how long, if I want to be able to see my friends and family and go back home, I, I might not be able to. And I think that's probably the more scary part. Whereas before, when there wasn't a pandemic, you were kind of you know, going into every day with a bit of ignorance, really, you just go, yeah, if something happens, I can just go home. Or if I want to go home, I can. But now it's it's actually quite scary. Yeah. And you're also doing a job that many people would not find that rewarding. And that's sports journalism, given that yeah. this is not a lot of sport happening in the world. Yeah. Well, put it this way. I found a link to Taiwanese baseball that's still going on. So that you can still find some sport. But in terms of the working side, it's um, yeah, it's been it's been tough. But I'm lucky in the sense that I, you know, I'm it's r- relatively entry level, so I've got lots of things I can do to tick over. But if you're a, a well-established commentator, or or you strictly write about games, or you're a statistician, things like that, it's it's pretty scary times where you just don't know when the next time is he going to be required. We talk every day. How important is that contact with your family? Yeah, hugely important. And you know what? I've, I always think about, well, I try to think about the positives in, in most things and you go, well, what, what are the positives that you want to try and get out of this time? And one is I, I do feel slightly closer to, to all you know members of my family that are you know living in in different cities across Australia so it was always quite difficult to keep in touch with all the members of my family anyway now we're put in a situation where I guess we're encouraged to and, and the zoom chats and it's the sort of thing that I hope will probably continue after all of this is is finished which is which is a pretty cool feeling um but no it's hugely important well even if you were in australia we wouldn't be in the same state we do different things but Mm. i still love you as much if not more no that's not right if not more wow no you can't go you've either got love or you haven't got love or you've yeah yeah no I, i i totally agree i think i think we just stick with love Look, Phil, it would be remiss of me not to mention Ollie has his own podcast. It's called Two Sharp Reds with international soccer star Mark Schwartzer, where they sip red wine, talk sport, and then compare the wine to a player. <laughs> Always good to add another podcast to your yeah. isolation list. <laughs> yeah, totally. And the family connection makes it even better. 
If you are apart from your family or partner and want to share tips on keeping in touch, email podcast at worldnomads.com. We'll share Sarah's article on long-distance relationships in the show notes. Now, Phil, I wanted to share these two chats in this episode as it sets up our interview with Jane in the next episode really well. Now, while there has been a lot of talk about business and luxury travel bouncing back first post-COVID-19, we've heard a lot of those stories, Jane, who also runs a travel company, which we'll hear more about in that ep, says there are a ton of foreigners living and working overseas like Sarah and Ollie. Some have holiday homes, some are studying, there are digital nomads working, and she believes they are going to be the first people lining up at the airport. So we'll see you then. Bye. The World Nomads Podcast. Explore your boundaries. 